0: Strange things are afoot at the
1: Circle kid. That kid is back on the escalator again.
0: Ain't done hurt.
1: Is my boomstick? Game over, man. Game over. Welcome to the Barking Bit. He's your host, Ben Mason, and he is your co-host, Sandra Luketic. And today we're talking 1993's California. We assume if you're listening to this episode, you have already seen the movie and we're back from a, a short hiatus um i would like to say one thing sandro um i appeared on the hey did you see this one podcast talking about escape from new york and it was supposed to be a one-off that turned into a three-week stint where we talked about carpenters pseudo escape trilogy with escape from la and then finally ghosts of mars um i just want to give a big thanks to the uh, hey did you see this one crew um and if anybody out there who's listening wants to see my face talk about carpenter for a while uh check them out on youtube it's uh, it was a fun time so again big thank you to those guys and uh i'm glad i didn't make you watch escape from la Sandro. <laughs>
0: uh i will also say uh steve is it put yes. together a phenomenal video it's a few minutes long of a portion where you and he were talking about John Carpenter's career and some of the implications it had on the film industry and him. And it's amazing. I've watched it multiple times and I strongly recommend that at the very least you look up their channel and watch that video.
1: Yeah, we really kind of bonded over our thoughts on his career, specifically the the later part of it. The uh, Some would argue the end. But um, we talk about his career with the utmost respect. Uh, The movies, not so much, but what he did for film, 100%. Um, So again, thank you to those guys for that. But uh, now after that stint, we are back and we're talking about uh, a movie that's much darker than I remember it being. Um, I I, Safe to assume you had not seen this before. It's very safe to assume. Which is kind of strange because I think a lot of people, I I thought a lot of people had, and apparently that's also not the case. Uh, It has an all-star cast of Brad Pitt, Juliette Lewis, David Duchovny, and Michelle Forbes, so I just assumed based off of the casting, it was a really well-known film. And I think a lot of people just kind of shoved it under the rug, and after watching it, I think I understand why.
0: I, um... I didn't do any research. I'm not okay. going to kid myself. That's fine. Did this come out before or after Natural Born Killers? Before. Okay. Because there's definitely some comparisons that can be drawn between the two. Other than Juliette Lewis? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, <laughs> yes, that is a very
1: obvious one right from the start. But, uh, um I see exactly what you're saying though they they are very similar at times but where i th- whereas natural born killers was all about uh media coverage uh this it feels more art house than that did um originally this was supposed to be a black comedy, and I don't know how that was supposed to work uh it wasn't that's why they didn't do it. Thank God for that. There are elements <laughs> of humor in here with um, Brad Pitt's character of early grace, but it doesn't so, make the movie a comedy. <laughs> we had a week off because I, I was injured.
0: And before that, we did Ravenous, which took place in California. And, and now we're doing California, which is about getting to California. And I hate you for that back-to-back because the only thing that goes through my mind every single time is that little twerp from The Wizard saying, California. And it's like, right from the get-go, I can't take this seriously. That movie sucks. And it's not because of the movie. I just can't take it seriously because my brain just goes back to
1: California. California. Yeah, you're going to have to get over that, man. That that will haunt you for the rest of your life if you don't... Be- right? <laughs> it totally will. <laughs> All right, let's, let, let's hop right into this one. Um, it, it is a very bare-bones plot. Uh, I think this movie is much more character-driven than plot-driven. Um, I'm curious to hear your take on that. Uh, specifically, these these characters played by these actors. Because it, it's a very well-cast film. So, jumping in, um, we open with a woman hitchhiking in an alley, eventually being picked. Oh, we didn't play your game. Oh, jeez. Did I play my game? I don't think you did. But I actually, I don't think it matters. I don't think we've covered any of these actors before.
0: Uh, incorrect. I did do my game. I have it on my file. I just completely forgot about it because we were off for a week.
1: Wait. I have no idea. One should be pretty obvious. Did we cover a Brad Pitt film? We sure did. Shit. Uh, okay. Oh, uh, uh, this is, it's obvious, isn't it? I'm just blanking.
0: Uh, yeah, it was uh, one of our most solid back-to-back episodes ever. Did he? Wh- oh. Not not two back-to-back Brad like two of our best, like quality episodes back to back.
1: Oh, I. Oh man, I. Oh oh, uh, fucking uh, dad hunting in the swamp, cutting class.
0: Mm. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> we did that in tough turf back to back, and I'll always remember those two as like our two best back to back episodes ever. Um, I got
1: and- so nervous just now. <laughs>
0: Uh, there was one other one.
1: Oh, th- that one was hard enough for me. Who was the other? Uh,
0: this is a very minor one. Okay. Uh, John Zarchen, who played Peter, was just a cop in Airheads. Who's Peter? I don't know, man. I go buy the IMDB. <laughs>
1: <laughs> was that like one of Brian's friends, maybe?
0: Maybe. Like I said, it's a it's a very minor one. Okay. That's why... Uh, just to clarify, for for anyone listening and moving forward, I don't look at any actors that don't at least have a picture on IMDb. So if I ever <laughs> miss one, it, that's why.
1: Fair enough. Oh, I think in my notes I forgot to mention that Mars Callahan was in this movie mm-hmm. as Walter. Uh, you introduced me to Pool Hall Junkies, which I had avoided my entire life, and thank you for making me watch that. It is a fantastic film, and I. Highly recommend everybody go check it out.
0: Nice. All right. Well, that was very extended
1: and very, what one week off will do to you. (laughs) But yes, back to the woman hitchhiking in the alley, uh, eventually being picked up uh, by a man in a car and something smashes into the windshield. I'm not sure what, but it causes the car to flip and we get a slow pan up to a drunken early grace played by Brad Pitt looking down at the mayhem he has caused.
0: I felt like it was a, um, a, like a, a beer bottle or an alcohol bottle of some kind, but it maybe I, maybe I saw that incorrectly. It
1: was a or a may- massive. I I thought it could have been like a cinder block or something.
0: Or maybe it doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> it totally doesn't matter. We threw something
0: that caused destruction.
1: <laughs> we get a uh, voice. I know over it box. wasn't a grenade because
0: there was no fire.
1: No, God no, no <laughs> fire at all. At least it was raining, so if it was a grenade, it would have put it out. Oh, yeah, for sure. But voice uh, voiceover by Brian Kessler, the amazing David Duchovny. It was a very distinct voice. Uh, it tells a story about being atop a skyscraper and pondering what would happen if you dropped a penny and it hit somebody. At the time, he was too afraid to cross that line, but now he wonders if early Grace even knew there was a line to cross. Okay, I- I'm normally not a fan of, of VOs, but... This works. It had me asking questions. We saw Brad Pitt kill. Well, not even kill. I don't think he killed them. He just flipped the car and it cut before we saw anything else. I could be wrong. It has been a week. Um, I feel
0: like they don't necessarily show it, but that that's what they're
1: implying with it. Heavily implied. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Full intro to Brian now at a party, uh, talking with friends about serial killers. Interesting stance. Uh, in his belief that serial killers should be treated, not put to death. Uh, progressive for early 90s. I, I I have thoughts on that, which we will not get into here because people will get angry. Okay. Uh, intro to Early and Adele, played by Juliette Lewis, uh, who's working her shift at a diner. Uh, immediately, Sandro, what are your thoughts on these two characters?
0: Uh, I mean... Brad Pitt is pretty dreamy, no matter oh my what they God. do with him. I is mean, he ever? A, in this movie especially, with the longer hair and a little bit of scruff, like,
1: yeah, needs to lose that Confederate flag hat, though. Well, I mean, that's obviously the character. <laughs> that is I'm, character not, 100%. <laughs> I'm not 100. I'm not only is here- he dreamy, but I appreciate his stance on culture. <laughs> Yeah, I, I when I say dreamy, I'm not referring
0: to the, the specific <laughs> attire there. It's 100% him.
1: Yeah. Um, we can't move on without addressing the character of Adele. I don't know if I want to. Um, well, it, it's a weird one to talk about. So I'm just going to give you a little bit of uh, how Juliette Lewis saw the character. Okay. She says that Adele is a woman with the soul of a 10-year-old girl. Um, She's aware of what's happening around her and is actively trying not to confront it by distracting herself and people around her with random comments and, and the sort.
0: I can definitely see that, especially the 10 year old part, because Mm -hmm. there is a childlike innocence with this character. Like no matter what situation she's presented with, whether it's absolutely terrible or like a joyous occasion. She's just so innocent and just trying to see the brighter side of everything,
1: even to a fault. Yeah. Adele is an angel trapped in a relationship with a demon. hmm I think that's the best way I could sum this up. And it's pretty heartbreaking as the movie progresses and you just see how the characters interact. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get this crazy guy at the counter of the diner ranting, And Early's annoyed at first, but then finds it amusing, which I think is a great setup for his character because we don't really know much about him other than he's already killed people. He's thrown out a couple of jokes here and there. You see the irritation in his eyes and that just cuts and he gets this weird sense of like subtle glee. It's a great way to show you that the character is not all there.
0: Do we know that he's killed people, or, or are you just going by that first scene with the dropping the thing on the car? Which I, if I was going by that scene, yeah. Because if you don't know that the person died, which I thought that that was what was implied, but you were maybe a little bit more questioning of it. Yeah. Is that concrete enough to say that we know he's killed people before?
1: We don't. I I believe that we don't know as the movie progresses and we get some more story. Um, And that that comes up actually in a quote later on, uh, thank you for reminding me of that, where Brian confronts early and asks, how many people have you killed? And his response is, how many people have you seen me kill, Brian? We we don't know. But the way he acts, I think, leads us to assume. Because when that quote happens, he's already killed people because we, the audience, have seen this. Sorry, you were assuming? I, well, I, was, I was just affirming that, yes, I assumed he killed people. Yeah, okay, cool. I thought we were at different viewpoints here.
0: Well, I, I, I just pointed it out to play devil's advocate, but I was the one who thought in that first scene that it was heavily implied that the person in the car did die. Great, uh, I just wanted to address it from your standpoint there.
1: Great term. Devil's advocate here. Um, I, I think I go into it in my notes later on, but I have to say there are certain times where early is kind of likable. I don't know if you find that at all, but Mm -hmm. in the lighter moments of the movie, I'm like, this guy seems like he's pretty funny. He's just, you know, a rural guy um, with a rural upbringing, trying to associate or identify with grad students, definitely have a higher education than he's ever experienced, more professional than people he's ever met. He's trying to find a common ground and all he can do is try and be friends by joking around and having fun a-, a great flip side of the coin to what he reveals himself to be i really enjoyed that
0: i don't think that's in any way incidental i think part of his power comes from his charm yeah uh, and only Pitt could do that he's he part of how and i'm just Speaking about early here, not Pitt necessarily. Okay. Part of the way that he is able to be effective is to be able to get people to drop their guard through his charm. It's not going to be through his intellect or anything like that. It's it's entirely his charm. Yeah. So, yes, he he – I mean, he does, but he also has to come off as likable. Otherwise, he wouldn't be very impactful at all.
1: Yeah, and you get that with real-life serial killers like Bundy too. So, yeah, good point. I mean, those are the only kind I make. <laughs> okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> glad, glad to see that week off hasn't stopped you from praising yourself.
0: That was my body that was broken, not my mind. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> uh, we learn that uh, Brian is writing a book on serial killers. And uh, with him is his photographer girlfriend, Carrie, played by Michelle Forbes. Uh, I, I really like Brian's uncertainty at the beginning of this film. Like he knows absolutely nothing about serial killers other than what he's already read or learned in school, uh, doing his, uh, he's doing what? Psycho. Uh, yeah. Psychology. Uh, and who wants to hear the same thing regurgitated again and again, short, sweet intro to the characters, um, back at the diner early surprises Adele with new shoes on her birthday. And immediately cutting back to Brian and Carrie's apartment. And this is one thing I love about early 90s movies. It doesn't matter what the income of the characters are or is. The apartments are always stunning. Massive. Completely unrealistic. And I I love the open concept warehouse uh, apartment that we see here. And now that we know who our four main characters are, I always look at them as being older than myself because I grew up watching them in movies. Do you care to take any guesses as to how old these actors were at the time?
0: Oh, I was not looking forward to that question as soon
1: as you started. Um, I'll tell you right now, the oldest is David Duchovny.
0: Sorry, the characters or the actors? The actors. Uh, Okay, if you didn't give me that setup and I was trying to purposely downplay it, I'd say like mid-30s.
1: Yeah, Duchovny's 33 at this point. Oh, okay. The oldest of the four. Pitt, 30. Michelle Forbes, 28. And Juliette Lewis, 20. Oh,
0: wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, For the longest time, I criticized her acting in this movie. But I think it was more so I didn't fully understand the character. But playing this character at 20 years old, she did a fantastic job. Um i pretty sure I still don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot to talk about with Adele, for sure. Uh, And the next day we see Early in Adele's living situation at the uh, trailer park where they've got problems with rent and the landlord. And Early definitely is... I don't know if he's protecting Adele or himself by telling her to stay inside and not open the door to anybody even though the landlord's been yelling at her to get rent. Um. And then to juxtapose that, we go back to the apartment where Carrie's drunk and looking over photos she submitted for a magazine, but was rejected. Um, They're insanely pornographic. Um, And I guess as a result of the rejection, she wants to up and move to California. All right. There's there's really no other reasoning that we're given. No,
0: just uh, couldn't cut it one time. And rather than try again, just... Throw her hands up and say, F it and leave. Yeah. I don't she, like this character. I'm going to say it right now. I don't like this character. She is incredibly...
1: Unlikable. Yeah. She has a, quite the ego. Uh, she definitely believes that she is incredibly talented without anybody else acknowledging that to be true.
0: Oh, man. She must be talented. It's hard to get people to like nude photos.
1: <laughs> The the idea of moving to California confuses the shit out of me, especially when it's stated they have no money. So you're not <laughs> flying there. I I guess you're driving. That's that's the movie. And, and Brian even states that the car that they're driving gets 8 miles to the gallon. Sounds horrible. Yeah. Um we get early returning to the trailer park and the the quick cuts this movie makes here are pretty interesting. And I'm not sure if there's a statement here or not, but as the movie progresses, the the scenes become much longer and drawn out storytelling attempt, maybe, I don't know, but this is where we get that scene between early and his parole officer and this fucking guy, man, I, before I get into it, what what do you think of the parole officer? Um, he, he is also not likable. I think he's the most detestable character in the movie. And like, one of them is a serial killer. <laughs> is he just
0: like this in order to make Early, who is the serial killer,
1: seem that much more likable? It could be as like a false setup, but I I didn't take it that way. I just found him incredibly detestable. Oh, well, yeah. Orange teeth, um, nasty cough. But uh, uh, Early's response to that cough is great. Or his reaction of why did you try putting a bag over your head for that cough? Works every time. Very good. But yeah, this guy's an all-around asshole.
0: And I but think- Why does he have a cough? It's like, they make a, a... I could be wrong, and I usually am. But in a movie, when they put so much focus on something like this, I feel like it's going to mean something. Yeah. You know, like, oh, Early's been slowly poisoning him. Something but no, No. he just just has a cough.
1: Hence the orange teeth, man. I swear that guy's just eating cigarettes at this point.
0: Yeah. But why?
1: I don't know. I think we just need somebody to testable working with early. Um, the guy lost a hand. Um, I honestly, I think the scene exists for only two reasons. And that is one to let us know that early hates his father, which comes up here and there throughout the movie. Uh, two, Uh, that Early lost his job, so now there's no income. That gives them reason to join up with Brian and Carrie, which is the basic plot of the film. Brian and Carrie agree to go on a road trip west to California and on the way they stop at murder sites where he will work on his book and she'll take photos for it. But they need someone to help pay the bills.
0: Yeah, maybe you shouldn't be going to California if you can't even afford to do it by yourself.
1: Yeah. I mean, try and save. Just try and save don't like it's brian brian his idea makes sense the reason for him to make that trip makes sense once he has the money to do it and he seems realistic enough to understand that you know what i'm gonna try and make money so we can do this trip whereas carrie just is frustrated from the rejection and they gotta go now
0: she's a little too bossy for my liking
1: she is um they do play off each other very well, though. I see them as a believable couple because she is very bossy to Brian, but he has a way with words and, like, not sweet-talking, but undercutting some of the rude things she says and making her realize that she needs to think before she speaks sometimes. Much like everybody in this movie, some of them just blurt shit out. That I'm like, mm. <laughs> guys. A little unrealistic for an... Otherwise... Surprisingly dark, realistic film. Um, Then we get that confrontation between Early and The Landlord, where Early almost runs him over. Again, a dark scene that almost feels like it's played for comedy at least too early. Yeah,
0: it definitely took place too early in the movie. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the name's problematic. I don't like it.
0: (laughs) You said it. It was perfect.
1: Yeah, it was good. I set myself up for that. Um then the uh the scene at the uh, local university where Brian puts up the ad for the rideshare, hoping to find two people to pay for the gas.
0: <laughs> a university seems like the right place that's definitely a bunch of people that are looking to travel to another state,
1: yeah, and I'm very very confused no that's a very good point I hadn't considered, but why is early at the university like he states he's looking for the personnel office but
0: Well, the parole officer gave him a slip with a job to go
1: for, and it was a janitor job at the university.
0: Which, if you also think about it, if he is on parole, setting him up with a job at a school is probably also
1: not a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Quick quick character trait. Uh, The snort that Early does all the time.
0: Yeah, what? Does it is, that come back for any reason?
1: No, it's just, it's so gross, but it fits the character perfectly.
0: Again, it just, I thought maybe it's going to lead up to
1: something. Just manners. Just showing that he's detached from the rest yeah. of society. Um, but that night we get Brad Pitt digging a six foot deep hole in the yard. What
0: could that be for?
1: I have no idea. It's more <laughs> of a, it's not like, obviously it turns into a grave, But that's just a massive pit in the ground. Um, Digging a new shitter. Yeah. Um, Adele comes outside, and we get what I think is probably the most picturesque version of this relationship. Uh, It kind of shows that there is something there. At least we're led to believe that there is love in this relationship. Which is not the case. Uh, And the scene of her talking about California... Are asking about it anyway and him doing everything he can to hype up their future together like climbing up on the Hollywood sign howling at the moon it's it's a good scene um if you don't know how his brain works or doesn't work I guess um, but then we get that weird reveal Sandro after Adele goes back inside when Brad Pitt climbs out of the hole and he's completely naked other than his boots. Yeah, I mean,
0: digging a hole is hard work. You get hot and sweaty, so... You ever dig a hole naked? Uh, Yeah, no, I can honestly say I haven't.
1: Yeah. It just seems impractical. But it's not a practical person. No, that is true. Cut to Brian and Carrie prepping to pick up their travel buddies. I like this scene. Uh, Adele rehearsing her speech about being worried that these people might be weird... Uh, and Carrie, of course, judges them immediately says they look like a bunch of Okies, which I think is accurate because Brad Pitt's from Oklahoma um what do you think about their introductions i i I really love how polite early is
0: yeah it's uh it's very charming. Mm-hmm. I think that word is gonna be uh a factor quite a bit
1: yeah sir this sir that talking yep. to Brian.
0: And it's like, this is a person who, you know, grew up in like a less fortunate situation. Maybe he's not the brightest, but he's trying. And he's trying to be very polite.
1: And then we see him staring at Carrie. And you realize. Staring at her. It's going to go downhill at some point. Brian even admits in in another voiceover that the two look like poor white trash. And then it cuts to... Early in Adele in the backseat. Early sunglasses make me laugh all the time. (laughs) Because they're just meant to go over a regular pair of glasses, and they've got the flip-up lenses. But he doesn't wear glasses, so he's wearing sunglasses with flip-up lenses. They're flipped up, so it's just the frame sitting on his nose. Again, some fun comedy, charming. He's a bit of a slower individual. He's, uh, sophisticated. Sophisticated, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh... Adele tells us that early, uh, early had some mishaps working at the mirror factory, 448 years of bad luck because of the mirrors he broke.
0: That's the job that he lost that he had to be sent to the, to, to the university.
1: Yeah. Um, well, our, our questions about the uh, the hole he was digging are addressed when uh, we go back to the trailer park and police and fire crew are putting out a torch job, finding the corpse of the landlord. And the first thing that stood out to me here is probably the first thing that stood out to you. So I'm curious, anything here seem off to you? Um, no. The body in the pit. It's barely buried. It, it's showing through the dirt. Yeah, he did a terrible
0: job covering yeah. this thing up.
1: Yeah, he dug a six-foot deep hole, threw the body of his landlord in, and covered him with maybe three shovelfuls of dirt, four.
0: Yeah, doesn't Adele ask him before they cut to this, like, oh, did you take care of the rent or something like that? And He said it was taken care of.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's not taken care of. No, it is, because they're not asking for the rent anymore. I guess, but, you know, jail time in lieu. Yeah, but the rent itself is taken care of It's <laughs> it not asking up. about jail time early buys the crew snacks as well as a camera for Adele a camera that will come up time and time again and I, I don't know why I find this pink camera irritating but I do also uh, a Jesus dashboard ornament just in case it's good for a chuckle I'm glad we're back to pink cameras it's
0: been so long since the pink camera and my cousin Vinny
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I forgot about that <laughs> They they to this camera hard and I totally understand why putting that piece of tape over the logo. Just I'm pretty sure that the camera company didn't want uh, their, their products being used to film corpses. <laughs> um, first stop on the murder tour at the Baxter residence, formerly known as the Novak farm. Uh, it does not go well as expected. Um, but I mean, who, who would expect somebody to walk up and knock on their door and tell them what they already know that this house or this farm was a site of uh, a gruesome murder. And could we take a look around and take some photos? If I lived there, no, no.
0: <laughs> Who would be Not like? Yeah, all? I guess that's the, that's the kind of thing that you maybe call in advance and arrange.
1: Yeah, can you imagine if they didn't even know? They're like, uh, I'm sorry. What
0: we what what just happened here? Bought this house. I think the realtor. Left out some vital
1: information. Obliged to tell me I'm living in a murder house?
0: Oh, man.
1: Uh, Early takes the opportunity here, though, to steal a purse from the kitchen table. Yes, because he's a thief all the time. Carrie tries to take photos of the property, but Early attempts to pose in one, showing some narcissistic tendencies, which we also see throughout the film.
0: I kind of like that. I liked it, too. It was just... it was one of those charming moments because, like, he poses and smiles and it's like, he doesn't, like, it's not like he gets what's going on with the picture taking. He's like, oh, there's a camera. Hey, You
1: know? Yeah, that's that's a question I have. Um We're led to believe that he's rather, I, I don't want to say simple, but that he doesn't fully know what's going on. I don't know if that's true. Because he's living in his own world. I'm sure he's fully aware of what's going on, but he just wants to be front and center.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I just thought it was cute. Yeah. And
1: like when she tells him to move, he looks so dejected. Oh, like, oh yeah. <laughs> it's like- yeah, definitely. I don't even know dejected, but like that mixed with offended. Yeah. Not because he doesn't want to be in the photo, but that maybe he fucked up her photo. I don't Take know. Take another one. I, I, I- yeah. 480 miles in, we take a break at a restaurant where Early and Adele stiff Brian and Carrie with the bill. Which really pisses Carrie off. Um, Safe to say Adele is the most socially awkward of the group, right? Oh, for sure. Uh, but But she's trying. Fuck yeah, she's trying, man. She is constantly trying to make connections between everyone to make this an enjoyable time for the four of them. And nobody else is doing that. Brian, maybe a little bit. But he's only talking to to uh, early, really. Yeah. Uh, cut to later in the evening at the motel. Carrie's pissed about the behavior of the others. Brian tries to defend them. Um, I mean, I don't know why she's so offended at this
0: point. Yes, they kind of stiffed on the dinner date or the, the dinner bill. Yeah. But he says we'll get the next one, and he just bought the snacks at the gas station. Yeah. So while they might have stiffed you, it very well might be at this moment, you don't know any better that. Yeah. The next time they're like, all right, we got this one.
1: Yeah. And like, I, I do, I do get Carrie's point. I do. It'd be really frustrating because it wasn't discussed that this is how it's going to be. Sure. But I'm also more inclined to take Brian's side. He's like, they can't help how they were raised. Yeah. And that's something that comes up throughout the movie. Uh, the whole nature versus nurture, uh,
0: I'm not saying that she should shouldn't come to that conclusion, it just feels like it comes yeah. a little too quickly it and is unnaturally. Way too quickly. Like yes, she absolutely can come up with these reservations and hesitations about these characters, but like at this point I feel like the movie just hasn't given her enough to be this quick to dismiss it.
1: Yeah. What's your what's your stance on nature versus nurture though? I mean, I'm, think I'm not just- getting
0: into that discussion.
1: Okay. I think they should have hammered that home a lot harder. This is a movie podcast, man. <laughs> okay, okay, perfect example here. Um, I did a little digging, and um, Francis Collins, who was the 16th director of the National Institute of Health and former science advisor to President Biden, uh, stated that genetics loads the gun and environment pulls the trigger. And I think that is pretty much what's going on here, but they never fully state it. And I I think that goes into the play of Early's relationship with his father, which they touch on so many times, but never get into. Didn't I just say this is a movie podcast? Yeah, well, I'm talking about two, uh, well, one of the main characters of the fucking movie. <laughs> this, is, this movie needs to be discussed not because of the plot, but because of the character. So yes, I admit this might have been a bad pick for us, but there are many interesting topics here we can cover. Oh, I'm but. sure it's a perfectly fine pick for you. You're very insightful. I saw you on those other podcasts. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll move on. <laughs> uh, to the Brian Carey sex scene. There, is that better? We get some Duchovny butt for you. Uh, That's pit butt and Duchovny butt in one movie. You're not going to find that anywhere
0: else. Uh, interesting fact uh, here. Uh, both of them were body doubled by Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> Simultaneously.
1: <laughs> he just, Back just those he, special
0: effects. He needed more Jean-Claude Van Damme ass in movies. He, he's very, very much behind that.
1: What do you think of that cut, though, uh, to early awake next door with his ear to the wall listening to them? Ingrained in my mind. It is
0: haunting, that image. Haunting is the perfect word. I was about to use that word. It, it, it is unsettling, haunting, appropriate. He,
1: <laughs> he, yeah, he did so well with just a fucking look in his eyes. I... God damn, I love Brad Pitt. Anyway, it's time for breakfast. Um, where Early's much more abrasive, you can see him growing more and more so throughout the film. Uh, that really awkward eye contact with Carrie and being rude to the server about his beer. But at the same time, they don't have a liquor license. It's breakfast. Don't walk into the restaurant with a beer in hand.
0: Yeah, it's Early. That's how he was raised. He walks everywhere with a beer in his hand. That's true. Lucky lager. Um... The so reveal help them if they don't
1: have luck. <laughs> the reveal of Adele's hair um, was really sad. Uh, Early had cut her hair to make her look more like Carrie, so sad and creepy. Yeah, yeah, and, and I have to say, I, I watched this movie shortly after it came out years and years ago, and I always found Adele annoying. And now, upon rewatching, th- she breaks my heart, dude always trying to be an optimist, living in a waking nightmare. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting full-on aggressive early. Uh, Later in that day, he murders and robs a man in a gas station bathroom. Yeah, because he needs to pay his share. Yeah. But we also get the beginning of a bond forming between Adele and Carrie, which starts out of pity, I think. Carrie pitying Adele. Mm Mm-hmm. But that, that, those are the seeds for the, what eventually becomes, I would consider, a friendship.
0: Uh, and uh, Maybe that's a little generous, but... It, uh, it, could, it
1: could be. It could have evolved into that if Early was removed from the, the equation, I think.
0: Probably.
1: Yeah. She does tell Carrie that uh, Early is physically abusive, but only when she deserves it. And again, fucking break my heart more. Uh, driving in the rain, we continue to see the friendships forming where Adele and Carrie are playing cards in the back, uh, which I, I, I found hilarious. And Brian and Early talking about the Black Dahlia in the front. Um, going to give things away here, but the, the coming up is one of my favorite scenes. Uh, and that is when Early and Brian hit the bar and Carrie and Adele stay back at the motel. Okay. Because uh, we learn how Early and Adele met. Um, she was hitchhiking. He picked her up. Uh, the look on Carrie's face when Adele suggests they all move in together is fucking hilarious. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie outright offering to fix Adele's hair for her, where she admits that she doesn't like it, but she gets what early was trying to do. They start smoking and drinking together. And we know that Brad Pitt's character does not like it when women smoke or drink. Uh, Adele goes through Carrie's photos and then furthering the heartbreak, we get why Adele is staying with Early and it's because she was sexually assaulted by three guys when she was 13 years old and they beat her so badly she was in the hospital for four months and feels safe with Early because she knows he would never let that happen to her again.
0: They don't already make you feel bad enough for this character as it is. It was too much for me.
1: Like I had to pause the movie and just let that settle.
0: This is the moment where I messaged you and I'm like, I don't know if I can do this movie, man. I kind of figured, but you didn't tell me.
1: But like, that I was, I was
0: wondering if you would question because I, I seldom message you and say, I don't know if I can handle this one. Yeah. Um, I was wondering if you'd question what part of it made me do that. And this is it.
1: Yeah. Um, I didn't know exactly what part would have done this to you because there's a lot, man. It's a fucking dark movie. And like, there are small things that have already happened that can easily put people off of it. Very, very easily. Then you get shit like this. And I think it's safe to say we all know the movie's going to get darker.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This is just the setup, man. We're far from, we're far from the climax.
1: I was so nervous. Upon my first rewatch for the show. Because I hadn't seen it in years. And I'm like, I don't remember this at all. And then I started wondering, what else don't I remember? And there, <laughs> there, there, are, there are some things that happened in this movie that I completely forgot about. Maybe not forgot about, but completely shut out of my mind on purpose. Yeah,
0: your mind had just a traumatic uh, insomnia or um, amnesia to it. What the
1: fuck, man? Uh, also, Ad- Adele's mother won't talk to her anymore because she's upset with Early's criminal history. And then if that wasn't enough, what we just saw Adele excuses herself for the night, trying to wipe her lipstick off, then panicking about how she wasn't supposed to be drinking and starts crying, terrified of what Early's going to do when they get back, make a heavy scenario, even heavier. Fucking why not? Yeah, for sure. Then we get the exact fucking opposite at the bar, completely intentional. Um, But this is where Early starts talking about doors to other dimensions. And I know you picked up on this because you've referenced it a few times. If a man knows what he's doing, he can transport himself to anywhere in the universe. That's a quote from Early. At this point, Brian should probably start asking himself some questions. (laughs) What is this? Yeah, right? What is this? I don't know. And it's a part of Early's psyche that stands out because he doesn't say anything else Along these lines, in the movie, it's always randomly mentioning doors. We don't need this. No, I, we don't. It, it's it, just stupid shit. It is really stupid. I mean, you can you can try and like dig and apply it to things like Early's always looking for this door out, and I I guess you could say Brian could potentially see Early as a door. Leading him to a life he doesn't know, but he's interested in seeing. Sure, but we don't need it. I'm nah. like, I'm like yeah. early needs lucky logger. So Brian, yeah. Brian tries to order some at the bar, but is informed that uh, nothing around there is lucky. It's a good line. Then we get Brian's bar fight. Um, any any comments here? No, no. I hated this. I liked the scene just because of how early intervenes. By taking a swig of beer, exclaiming, this ain't Lucky Lager, and immediately smashing the bottle on the guy who's trying to fight Brian.
0: Yeah, that's not bad. But, I don't know, just the whole scenario. Brian's talking to the waitress. Guy gets overly jealous immediately. Early's reaction is to just fight. Like, it just...
1: Well, I yeah, don't know. And, like, I saw it as, as Early trying to stand up for somebody who wants to, to befriend. Like he obviously wants to be Brian's buddy. Yeah. But he's not standing up for Brian. He's getting way too much of just kicking the shit out of this guy because he he loves it. It's craziness. But the drunken boys leave at closing time. And which it also kind of seems like solid bonding that then slowly turns creepy because we go back to the doors again. And Early's hallucinations. I don't know. I really like how the Carrie Adele scene mixes with the the Brian Early scene here. I like the
0: Carrie and Adele scene, even if it is just
1: soulcraping
0: heartbreaking. Oh my god. But I don't like this scene. And really? I don't
1: like them mixing them together. So okay. Okay. Do you do you wanna tell me more so why? I'm curious. Um you, is it more so how intense the Carrie and Adele scene was about building character story, and this is more just dudes being dudes? I think this scene is just poor writing and <laughs> Okay. Well, there's not much writing to it, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't
1: know. It's just shit. Okay.
0: Well, Carrie, it's it's tough because they have these moments where it's like, here's a scene with Carrie and Adele, and it's so well written. It's so well done. Mm -hmm. It's heartbreaking, but that's what they want you to get out of it. And that's so effective. And then this other example, not of guys being guys, but of like, hey, you know how well we can write this other scene? That's how shitty we can make this other
1: scene. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very good point. They do spend a lot of time building up two characters only to have them as backup characters for part most of the movie, I think. Um, so they've created two very interesting characters, one of whom we've both agreed that we don't like. is still very interesting. And they make Brian and Early just kind of there. But Brian and Carrie argue that night Carrie notices a gun in the backseat of the car the next day, which leads to early teaching Brian how to shoot.
0: Interesting reaction.
1: Yeah. Um, Interesting dynamic. Again, sure-headed Carrie's being ignored, and sheepish Brian's confidence is growing. Yeah, but Brian is just too blind to the obvious red flags. Yes, thank you. That is a major problem with the character of Brian. He's way too smart to be guided so easily.
0: Yeah, and it's like, are they doing this intentionally? Are they trying to make it out that he's being purposely neglectful of the the right? Like he just doesn't want to see the red flags.
1: I I don't know. the The character is incredibly broken. Like he's not very realistic, but arguably is our lead. So. I'm I'm confused as to what they are trying to do. And I'm glad that you are too, because I thought I was just missing something, but I think the character's just poorly written for the scenarios they place him in. Shall we move on to the next murder site? Yeah, sure, why not? While Brian's documenting, he and Carrie argue and she demands that they drop the two off at the next stop. Then heads back to the car and spies on Early and Adele having sex. And there's so many things wrong with this. I, we, I don't really care to talk about it, but er, er, Early sees her taking pictures of them and things get even more awkward. He likes being on camera. Yeah. Uh, next up is one of the hardest scenes for me to watch from this film, and that's the gas station. Early confronts Carrie about being abandoned, but sees a news report on the TV showing that uh, police are looking for him. He murders the attendant in front of Carrie and forces him back to the car. Now, I've lost over things here, but do you want to go a little bit deeper into it?
0: Well, I was going to start by asking a question. You can go from there. Sure. Did he accidentally kill the gas station attendant? No. Okay. Because I was really unsure about that. Like, he holds up the pillow and he says, you know, oh, Adele would like this. And then he shoots the pillow. But I'm like, is he saying, oh, no, no, she doesn't actually need this? or, And just that was the direction that the guy was laying on the ground? Because that's no. the impression I got, which seems like such a stupid way to do
1: it. No, uh, at this point, I fully believe we're seeing him become more and more unhinged. Because you see it elsewhere in the film where he'll try and make light of a scenario and then just take it super dark. So I think that was him trying to be, I think that was, we'll go with the angel on his shoulder who was overpowered by the devil on his other. Um, because he straight up lies to Adele later saying that the uh, gas station attendant, Walter Mars Call- Mars Callahan from pool hall junkies uh, was breathing when they left. He was not.
0: No, he took a shotgun to the head. He was exactly, not.
1: exactly. So he doesn't care. He's just He does what he wants to do when he wants to do it. Um, but he he second guesses himself before he does everything, it seems. At least until towards the end of the film. He wants to do the right thing and just can't. Or acknowledges what the right thing is to do and then doesn't do it. Uh, I, I just thought Brad Pitt did a great job of playing a, a crazy man who's realizing that he's losing control of the situation. Because once yeah. he saw himself on TV, that's where everything is fucked. Oh, well, because his cover was blown. Exactly. But his he there is no cover. He just isn't telling people things. He's using his name. He's not changing his appearance at all. Um early, and the other three speed off in the car. Uh I guess you could consider Brian and Carrie are now hostages. And they hole up in some sort of abandoned gas station. And again, you get one of those Charming, funny lines from early where he's talking to Brian's like, "Is it just me or has this whole trip gone downhill since we ran out of Lucky Logger?"
0: Yeah, <laughs> which was what in the bar. Yeah, when the bar fight started. Oh no, I didn't even acknowledge that.
1: Yeah, and it's shit like this. Why? I, why I love the movie? Like the the jokes are legit funny and smart, but they're coming from situations of really dark unease. So those those work for me. But then you get the antithesis of that when you've got early becoming more aggressive towards Brian, which we haven't really seen before where he asked Brian if he's ever killed anybody. And of course the answer is no. And his quick response is, well, how are you going to write a book about something you know nothing about? I mean, interesting question coming from somebody who claims he hasn't killed anybody knowing that we have. Um, and then we move on to the mining town. I mean, what is this? Just the next chapter for the book. I'm pretty sure this scene is just a setup to show that people mean nothing to early. What's uh? What's your what's your take on this altercation with the police, shooting one in the groin, yada yada?
0: Yeah, uh, just just shit's going downhill. Like I didn't. I didn't I'm find to force
1: Brian to finish off one of the cops, putting a crippled dog out of its misery. Maybe it's just a buildup that early is just
0: evil. Maybe he really did see Brian as like a kindred spirit that would eventually join his cause.
1: See, I had a similar thought, but Brad Pitt's character of early doesn't really work well with others. But I really did see some kind of connection between Brian and early. And I'm not sure if that was just me looking into the movie too much or if there was actually supposed to be something there.
0: Well, I feel like there is definitely an eagerness in early throughout the movie especially based on how, I want to say, not eager, but how accepting Brian is of him Mm -hmm. to make a friend, just in a very different way than
1: Adele. Yeah, that makes sense. Next up is the rich couple's house, the, the Musgraves residence. And, I mean, despite... Mrs. Musgrave, trying to convince them that she's a widow, early finds her husband upstairs and kills him.
0: How well did you think that that was going to work?
1: Yeah. I mean, who's going to expect to find themselves in that situation?
0: No, obviously not, trying. but did did she think they weren't going to look around at all?
1: I don't know. I, I think she was completely caught off guard and terrified and didn't know what to do, and she was just trying to spare her husband, who was upstairs looking through his telescope um later on uh distraught Adele trying to do the right thing lets the woman escape which is amazing I love that and when early finds out and runs outside and just starts shooting blindly into the night Adele stands up to him which I don't remember happening in this movie oh why's that but I just don't rem- from like I don't remember the scene the tail end of the scene at the musgrave house oh, I don't okay. remember her standing up to him I I knew at one point spoilers was going to happen in a couple seconds. I forgot that she's not there till the end of the film. Um, But she cracks him in the face of that cactus. So good.
0: Yeah. And then he's just like, why are you shouting? I'm the one who got cut.
1: Yeah. Like his face is ripped up. And uh, yeah, after she stands up to him, he shoots her and kills her now completely unhinged. Uh, he grabs Carrie and leaves Brian handcuffed to a piano and uh, as he's leaving the house we find out that he uh he's now making Carrie wear Adele's clothes yeah yeah full psycho yeah uh Mrs. Musgrave returns to the house and helps free Brian who tracks early and Carrie to an abandoned nuclear testing range um my main issue here is the car wreck that Brian gets into. It, a, comes, it doesn't come out of nowhere. He can see the car blocking the road, but he still ends up rolling his truck. And he...
0: <laughs> he rolls it pretty good. I don't think you should be getting up too easy from that.
1: Well, not only does he roll it, he somehow launches it off the road on an unseen ramp. Yeah! Rolls it in the air and slams into another car upside down. Um, I, I don't really want to get into the... Uh, the bits and pieces we see of early and carry in the house. But uh, the next day, uh, Brian wakes up and distracts early with the doors again. I don't like this setup at all because there's no way that he would know it would work by setting up mirrors to reflect sunlight through the window of the front door of the house that would then hit early in the face as he was passed out in a chair. That's stupid. You're telling me, man. (laughs) But when Early opens the door, full-on shovel to the face.
0: Yeah, which I feel like should have done a little more damage.
1: Well, it definitely shoved his nose back into his head.
0: Well, yeah, but
1: uh, he
0: shakes it off relatively quickly.
1: Yeah. Well, we don't really know how much time passes because we do get Brian running to the... uh, Running throughout the house looking for Carrie and then finds her handcuffed to a bed in a bedroom um heavy implications that she's been sexually assaulted by by early
0: yeah
1: didn't like that horribly beaten to face covered in bruises uh and we finally get the brian early showdown which we all knew was coming from the very beginning of the film and i like how brian is completely losing this fight he's getting the shit kicked out of him, trying to get early's gun which he does but not without the help of carrie who hits early in the face with the arm of a test mannequin.
0: Well, yeah, because, I mean, Brian's not a fighter.
1: He's not, no. And uh, Brian does get the gun and shoots early dead. Cut to the near future. Brian and Carrie have made it to California and somehow are successful enough to have an amazing beach house.
0: Yeah, considering they didn't have the money to do the drive.
1: And we're led to believe that he's still writing his book and she has not become successful yet with her photography. So where'd the money come from? I, yeah. Why like why not cover anything about what happened with an investigation into the road trip they're on from the police? The police just don't exist, really, in this movie, other than to show up and get shot at the mining town.
0: Well, you see, Ben, what happened is that Early was actually a millionaire who just didn't like spending <laughs> the money. And when they became close, he changed his will to leave all of it to them. Gifted the, uh, yeah. the unknown beach house. Yeah. Yeah. So now they're millionaires because they killed him after he put them in his will. That um, makes sense. Yeah. Like, he didn't steal because he needed the money. He, he just loved the thrill of it. So, uh, yeah. Uh, they're millionaires.
1: Really? Well, honestly, that's as believable as the rest of the shitty writing at the end of this movie. All right. Because we get Brian's voiceover finally understanding that anybody can take a life, but the difference between us and them is feeling remorse. No, I'm pretty sure there's a lot more to it there, Bry. Yeah. Um, he's playing back some of the audio tapes he recorded on the journey while looking at some of the photos that Carrie took. And, um, how fucking weird would it be to hear voices of early and Adele before being aware of who early really was? That would be haunting. I guess. You don't think so? I mean, that'd be traumatizing. <laughs> I have the they should already be traumatized. Well, Carrie tells Brian about a gallery that's interested in her work, and the two go for a celebratory lunch. The camera pans over to Brian's recorder, still playing a tape, and we hear a secret message that Adele had recorded, thanking them for being nice to them, how friends are important, and they're the only friends that she and Early have.
0: So, you put us through this whole movie, feeling sorry for this girl. She dies... And you think that at least that's behind you. And they're like, no, 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 no. You need to
1: feel even more sorry for her again. Yeah. It's, I mean, from a filmmaking stance, it's great. But at the same time, fuck you guys. (laughs) I don't need that. And then that's just how the movie ends. Because we get Adele's recording. And then it just fades to black and the credits roll. I mean, great, great way for a, a punchy ending, but like fuck, the, the Adele character is too heavy compared to the other characters we get in this movie, and I find it's completely unbalanced. But uh, yeah, that that was California, California. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, I've done this to you. Um, <laughs> the next movie better not have to do with California. <laughs> no, no, someplace a bit warmer than Cali. Okay. Um so yeah, talk money. Alright. The year is nineteen ninety-three or nineteen ninety-two, depending on how you look at the internet or my DVD case. Okay. This movie stars Brad Pitt, Juliet Lewis, David Duchovny, Michelle Forbes. How much do you think it cost?
0: Well, I feel like the majority of it would have to go to cast, because they
1: didn't like go all out with locations or effects. Um well, also Brad Pitt has only really done a bit role in Thelma and Louise. Juliet Lewis, probably the most famous uh, of the four of them. Only Thelma
0: and Louise.
1: Cutting class.
0: Uh-huh. What an amazing
1: movie <laughs> that was. Um, but yeah, David Duchovny has not done X-Files yet. And Michelle Forbes, I think this is one of her debut roles. Juliet Lewis, probably the most famous of them all, mainly because of her father, um, Jeffrey Lewis. So relative unknowns here.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh 10 million.
1: 8.5.
0: Okay, not far, yeah, not far yeah. off.
1: and uh, uh, Let me say that when it comes to gross, this movie was a complete failure. Uh, I'm not surprised. Okay, I'm going to go three. They would be lucky to have hit three. Oh! It's uh,
0: 2.4. Okay, so I wasn't that far off.
1: You're not, no, but $8.5 million budget, $2.4 million gross. Oh yeah, no, I wasn't gonna say it was a success.
0: I just not a, I was...
1: not a fun time for the uh, the production. Uh, I think the ratings from IMDB and Rotten Tomatoes are pretty realistic. I don't okay. find any of them shocking. Okay. So IMDB? Uh, five point four. Six point seven. Yeah, okay. The the critics are closer to you for the tomato meter. Uh fifty seven. 58. Oh, okay. Audience a little bit higher. Uh, 63, 64. Oh man. So yeah, uh, you're, you're good with rotten tomatoes. And I don't think those are inaccurate. Like I think that they're, they're, they're pretty spot on for, for this film, but, uh, let's hop into the awards. I'm curious okay. to know what you're, uh, what you're giving this.
0: Okay. Well, you start us off with, um, uh, Least favorite character. Uh, So Mm
1: -hmm. what do you got? Carrie, Michelle Forbes. Okay. Um, Completely unlikable from the very beginning. And then you see them misstep with her character. She should be built up more, especially with the bonding scenes with Adele and her reaction to early, as well as her reaction to Brian's reaction to early. There was a lot to really work with there that they just didn't give Michelle Forbes to do. She needed more screen time for this character to work properly, but she didn't get it, and as a result, the character kind of took a back seat and i just I thought that the characters of Brian Early and Adele were much more enjoyable
0: okay, yeah? I mean, I don't think I made it much of a secret that I disliked this character, mm-hmm. uh, so it shouldn't go as a surprise to you that that's that's what I picked
1: yeah, I knew that I'm just curious to know why.
0: I'm pretty sure the reasons that I said. I mean, she was overly judgmental. She was, like, I don't know. She she was a bit of a bitch. (laughs) I I wish I had something something more insightful or resounding to say to you, but it's
1: just like, nah, she was just annoying. That is accurate. Can we agree, though, that Michelle Forbes played the character well? I
0: guess. I feel like this character, even being its unlikable state wasn't really done justice by the script anyway so yeah and that's why I I, I picked a least
1: favorite character
0: yeah I feel like I feel like Michelle Forbes uh, did fine because I don't think anybody would done poorly at this point like the, the character was given nothing to work with
1: Yeah. okay what about uh, favorite character um I'm conflicted okay I kind of thought you would be too that's why I said that
0: I am that's why I'm hesitating. Even at this point, I'm I'm not a hundred percent on what to pick. Uh, I can tell you what I have written down. Sure, we'll <laughs> go with that. We'll talk it out. I'm there for you, buddy. Okay. Uh, I had Mars Callahan as Walter.
1: Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. And, and was there a ba- Is that the backup, or is there a backup?
0: Well, I want to say Adele because. It was honestly the most sympathetic character. Like I feel like the emotional response I'm supposed to have to any of the character characters in the movie was with Adele, and yeah, it was v- wonderfully acted um, by uh, uh, Juliette Lewis. But at the same time, it just broke my heart so much that I yeah. don't like. I can't. I- it feels weird picking my favorite character because of how much I felt bad about. the. I don't know. I don't know. I like don't
1: you, think I've ever seen or heard you so heartfelt on this podcast ever. It's uh,
0: just that they kill you with this thing. character. It's not a bad kill thing, you with man. this character, man. Open
1: up. Show your emotions. But yeah, I'm going with Morris Callahan. That's fucking weird.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why?
1: Because <laughs> he's he's got like maybe five lines in the movie.
0: Yeah, he's great.
1: I no, he, he does very well. But okay. Um hey, you don't talk about Walter like that. My 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 conflict is different than yours. All
0: right, let's hear it. Uh
1: because I want to pick early. Okay. I mean Brad Pitt's performance was phenomenal. Oh my, if we're talking favorite actor, Brad Pitt, hands down.
0: Yeah, but uh, we changed this
1: award. It's not yeah, a favorite but actor anymore. I felt like his character wasn't explored enough to pick as favorite character. There's really interesting elements to it. Like his attempt at being kind and friendly mirrored with his overall ability of being a heartless, murderous bastard. Um, Tell us how you really feel. Yeah. But like he, they, I felt like they really should have explored it more. Um, Instead we get a fully rounded out character in Adele. I think Juliet Lewis played this character better than anybody else could. Um, I, yeah, like they tug at our heartstrings for this character, but they do it so effectively where I at that point I don't care about anybody else in the movie. Okay. Now, is is that just the character? Is that Juliet Lewis' acting ability? I think it's a, a mixture of the two. I think this is one of the best cast roles we've ever discussed on the show. So with. Out of doubt, really. Even if I want to say early, I can't because it's Adele.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, so we are both torn and both hesitant to pick Adele. And I think for you know for good cause.
1: Yeah. Memorable line, I'm also conflicted with. Okay. Because I well, actually, no. There's a line that's most memorable for me and a line I like the most. The line I like the most is. pretty blah for most. It's uh, it's from Brian and he says, uh, when you first meet people, all you notice are the differences between you and them. But as time passes, you start noticing the similarities, I guess how that's all friendships or yeah, I guess that's how all friendships begin. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty accurate for the most part for me. But whenever I think California, I just think Brad Pitt shouting this ain't lucky lager and then smashing the bottle on that guy's head. Okay. So it's, this ain't lucky lager. Okay. You? I'm sure that's something Uh, much more insightful.
0: No. No. No, 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 no. You actually already said mine uh, when we were recapping the movie. And it was, uh, tell me, Big Shot, how are you going to write a book about something you know nothing
1: about? Yeah. That's good. That's very good. But, uh, memorable scene, (laughs) Sandro.
0: It's gotta be just literally the shot of Brad Pitt against that wall listening to them have sex because that is so creepy that it is just
1: burned into your brain. It's very fucked up. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. For me, it's uh, Carrie and Adele bonding in the the motel.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see that as a contender, uh, but I I just feel like if I think back on California, the only thing that I'm going to remember is that look on his face. Like that could be the like the cover of the movie in the future in my mind. I'm sure just, it is in
1: some territories.
0: It's just not going to leave my brain. It's probably the cover of the movie of a burnt copy you could have bought on the street for a couple bucks.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, we've talked about the movie. We've talked numbers. We've talked uh, ratings and our awards. Let's get into the uh, overall feelings of California and if we'd recommend it or not. You want right. to go first?
0: No, you always
1: go first. Why would we change it now? I don't know. Mix it up. Fresh.
0: But yeah, I'll go.
1: Yeah, I'll mix Um, it up. and Get out of here. I love this movie. All right. Um, I always have. um, But I realized early on that I had missed a lot of what makes this movie great. I thought it was just a cool story. Uh, And it is a great story. But the story takes a backseat to... Amazing character development and performance by the uh, actors, like we said, Juliet Lewis and 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 the wonderful Mars Callahan. Um it it's a tough one to recommend because it's a very dark story, but I think it's also a very original story. So you're not really gonna see a whole lot like it. Um what worried me about picking this one for you is that does go to some very dark places that most mainstream movies don't. And I think they got away with it because of the actors they had weren't really stars at the time. So they didn't have to worry about such a negative backlash of which it did get quite a bit, except for Roger Ebert who seemed to fucking love it or weirdo. Um, I recommend checking it out. It is definitely not going to be a movie that I say everyone is going to love, or even most people would. It's just, You'll never see Juliette Lewis play this character. You'll never see Michelle Forbes play this character again. You'll never see Brad Pitt play this character again. And this is pretty much the only character David Duchovny has ever played. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I really enjoy the movie. Um, I have the DVD. I have the Blu-ray. There's a an R-rated cut uh, and an unrated cut. The only difference being some violence and the an extended version of the, uh, the Brian and Carrie sex scene which is unnecessary. I mean, unless you like David Duchovny's bum, it's pretty good in this movie. Um, I love it. Uh, especially if anybody likes serial killer films along the lines of, uh, Silence of the lambs or something like that, that definitely has an early nineties vibe, even right down to the music, which is a uh, kind of industrial metal, industrial rock at times, very nine inch nails feel. Um, I'm, I'm kind of rambling here, but it's, it's a hard movie for me to talk about when we're not talking about the plot because it does give you some pretty dark moments, but it's so well done at times that you shouldn't ignore it. Give it a single watch and then if you don't like it, let it go. But I have an odd feeling that most people that watch this will want to watch it again a couple of years later. Go for it.
0: I hate this movie. I never want to watch it again and I recommend it to nobody. Why? Part of the reason why I picked Mars as my favorite character is because he had the sense to get the hell out of this movie quickly by only being in a scene.
1: Yeah, I don't think he had that choice, man.
0: No, um, it was a smart decision. Get out no. of this movie. This movie is terrible. I think It, was it thinks it's a lot smarter than it actually is. It is just a terrible, terrible movie. I never want to watch it again.
1: Have we ever been more divided on a film? Mm, Space Jam? <laughs> That we've covered on the show because Space Jam's fucking trash.
0: Oh, can't wait till we cover Space Jam on the movie or on well, the show.
1: Yeah, you get a guest host for that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I don't why, think... why? Why? Why the fuck do people love Space Jam so much? Uh, I mean, and don't say because it's good. Because it's good. Yes. The fuck did I just say? Because <laughs> it's fun. All right, well, I'm, I'm really sorry that you didn't like this. I'm sorry you hated it. I did not expect that reaction. I thought you might have trouble with it here and there um, because it's definitely not a movie that you would just toss on for yourself. Um,
0: it honestly feels so pretentious and it feels like it's trying to be so smart and falls on its face so many times. And there are hints. Mm-hmm. There are absolutely hints of brilliance in this that they do everything in their power to trip over as soon as they happen
1: i think that is accurate i I won't argue that um i think that is a common flaw in early 90s independent cinema though um i don't think it's this movie in particular i would not blame them for it i think it was just kind of how things were done at the time because i will look back at a bunch of early 90s like 92 93 specifically uh independent film and they do all fall victim to thinking much more of themselves than what they actually are. Uh, So I cannot fault you for that one. I definitely agree with you here uh, that if you're coming into this blind with no knowledge of it or no previous experience with it, yeah, it it could be pretty abrasive and grating in closing. I'm sorry. Okay. You don't have to be sorry. You'll never know until you watch it. That's true. I'll probably watch it again soon.
0: All right, well, if you like it, I just wouldn't recommend it. Very good. All right, so that was our thoughts on California. If you want to me. share your thoughts with us, you can hit us up on social media. We are on Twitter at BS Bin, Facebook.com, slash bar- BSBargainingBin, BSBargainingBin.com. And, of course, don't forget, we do have merch available on our website. Hit that merch tab. And, please, if you do buy our merch, tag us on social media we have had one person. Thank you, Zero Valon, for doing so. But yeah, if man. you're buying our merch, which I think you do, you should because it's phenomenal, let us see it. And comfy. All right. So, Ben. Yeah. What are we watching next week?
1: Well, next week is our, uh, our next uh, listener pick. Yeah. Um, Submitted by Ryan and winning our poll on Twitter, Uh, we'll be covering 1997's Spawn. It's time. Imagine
0: a substance with the power to destroy humanity. Imagine a creature Insane enough to use it. Imagine a hero on the verge of creation. From flesh to steel. You must visualize your objectives. From blood to blade. Don't get cocky. You have a lot more to learn.
1: From man to spawn. Peek-a-boo. I see you
0: the ultimate weapon. Makes the Ebola virus look like a skin rash. Confront your relations
1: I say destroy the cosmos. Ask questions later. Who
0: are you? This is just what they want. You're playing their game.
1: To now play dirty. You've been violated, girly man. Use your armor.
0: Now stay sharp. The night is
1: young. This summer, evil has a new enemy. Justice
0: has a new weapon. And the world has a new hero. Spawn. Until next time, have a good one. All the best.